Greetings, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Communication Guru Podcast, where we believe it is not always what you say, but how you say it that matters. I'm your host, Tim McMurtry, President and CEO of Tim McMurtry International, a business consultancy specializing in government affairs and public affairs, along with corporate and community relations and personal development and training. I'm delighted to have you join us today, and I thank you for your listenership and viewership of this show. As you know, our aim on this platform is to discuss nuances and insights relative to the communication continuum to help you maximize the impact and results of effective communication within your spheres of influence, be it your relationships, your workplace, uh, your fun times, your business, etc. We're here to help you to become a top-notch communicator. So be sure to like, share, and subscribe to the show, The Communication Guru Podcast. The Communication Guru Podcast. One more time. The Communication Guru Podcast so that you can be notified when new episodes are available and ready for public consumption. Now, among other things that we witnessed over the expanse and extended life, seems like, of the pandemic is what has been dubbed the Great Resignation, wherein people are leaving their jobs in record numbers to either get off the grind for a while and just kind of chill out and hang out with family, you know, or travel or move on to better jobs that seem to be a better fit for them, uh, maybe more pay or just a better work life balance. And some have even, you know, decided to uh, make the move to launch their own business. And it is that latter one that we are going to explore today. We'll talk about more particularly communication best practices in business uh, on this episode of the Communication Guru podcast. And joining us today in studio is an accounting maven. With 25 plus years of combined accounting, chief financial officer, and related fiscal experience with small businesses, nonprofits, educational institutions, and faith-based organizations. She is also founder and president of McMurtry Financial Services, serves as associate pastor of World Outreach Center, sits on a number of local civic boards of directors and task forces, along with being the mother of two wonderful children and wife to arguably the greatest man in the world, or at least the greatest man that I know personally. (laughs) Please help me welcome back to the show, the one and only Cheryl J. McMurtry. That's crowd noise. Hey there, darling. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you. I'm excited to be back today. Woohoo! In the studio this time. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yes. Hey, so um, I'm glad you can join us today. And we are going to get into a couple of things, you know, r- relative to communication and, 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 and business. Okay. Now, the last time you were with us, we it was right in the throes of the pandemic and the PPP loans and other government related um, financial aid packages were kind of, you know, all in the mix. Seems like, you know, <laughs> that might be over with now. So if jokers didn't get in on the reindeer games. They might have missed that boat. Is that kind of the case now? Or is there still some lingering, you know, lifelines that the government is trying to send out there as well still today? 
Well, a lot of the COVID-related relief funding has ended or is wrapping up. Um, And so as a business community, I believe that we are rebounding. People have made a lot of pivots, a lot of adjustments, have launched businesses, changed the direction of their business and found a way to adapt with what's happening in society, contending with COVID and all of its variants and have found a new rhythm and way to do things. And so um, people are working um, multi places, whether it's in the office part of the week, at home remotely the other part. We're using all forms of communication mediums to get the job done. And so we're making it happen. Okay. Okay. Well, that's, yep. that's good to know. So for those individuals that have decided to, you know what, in addition to, you know, my multifaceted income producing avenues, one of which is going to be a small business. I do X, be it a system provision, service provision or product. I'm going to go ahead and hang my shingle up and do my thing. And 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 usually as a you know small business owner, you know, myself and, and you are as well. The first thought, at least for some of us, is I'm just I'm good at X, Y, Z. I can do this better than anybody else can do it. So I'm just going to do that. And not necessarily take into account, you know, the full gamut of what can help stabilize and make for, you know, a solid business, not just launch, but a continual, sustained, you know, business enterprise. So to those individuals that are, you know, I got the guts, I got the courage, I'm going out there. What would you say are the ABCs, the top maybe two or three things that one can do? We understand you got the confidence to do it. You're good at it. Okay, cool. That's covered. You should also out the gate Think about these two or three things as well to put in place to help maximize, you know, your business success. Most definitely. And, you know, starting a business is much like having children. (laughs) There's no qualifiers Mm -hmm. to launching a business, much like there's no qualifiers to parenting children. You just do it. <laughs> and that's been the mindset that people have had. Like, as you said, they have a passion, they have a skill set, they have the courage to go for it. Um, but don't often consider the fact that working your business is not just producing the service or the product that you offer, which is highly critical that that's done with excellence, yet there is the business side of business. Mm -hmm. And so if you haven't had any type of training, I would say join some type of training or workshop within your local area that covers those foundational principles that's needed to manage your business well. That would be a main number one um, recommendation that I have because so many people are clueless about managing their business. Um, I would also say actually make sure your business is a legitimate business within your state. Mm -hmm. Register the business with your state and Make sure that you have it established properly 
for what your needs are and what your goals are. And then I would encourage people to solicit the services of a professional that can come alongside you and um, help you with some of the basic management practices your business needs, whether that's a business mentor or your accountant or even some legal counsel. One of those three roles should be able to really assist you with some of those basic foundational um, business management principles and strategies that you need for success and longevity yeah yeah that's that that's that's good stuff i mean on the one th- well on the one hand it's like well man how do i know to even tap into these resources well by listening to the communication guru podcast that's how you can find out things that you don't know we can help you if you don't know now you know you know you know it's biggie you know what i'm saying anyway so when you talked about the join a a, a training or workshop within your area is that maybe a, a trade association in that industry that you're in or is that the small business association or can you can you delve into that a little bit more right some local um, organizations that are always offering training is your local chamber of commerce. Mm. And so join your chambers of commerce and get involved there. They oftentimes have training to support business owners, whether, you know, it's your national chamber, if you're of some type of ethnic descent, Hispanic chamber, African American chamber, or mm-hmm. just the you, your city chamber General. or your state chamber or all of them, because mm-hmm. they all may have a different dynamic that you can benefit from. Mm-hmm. And so that's a great way to get connected to various trainings as a business owner that you can partake of. Mm-hmm. In Wisconsin, we have the Wisconsin Women's Business Initiative Corp, mm-hmm. which I believe is a national Um, initiative, but it's administered through your state. Mm -hmm. And even though it's the Women's Business Initiative Corp, they serve both women and men, and they offer training, they offer support for getting your business plan laid out. And so those are just examples of local community organizations that can support your business. Also find you know, my organization, my company, McMurtry Financial Services, LLC, offers workshops to small business owners as well mm-hmm. to help support and get the information out for what you need to get your business established, as well as the financial management that's necessary to run your business. And so there's training out there going through Eventbrite mm-hmm. where you register for different, you know, events Mm -hmm. they tell you what's happening in your local area what events are out there based on subject matter and content that you're looking for and so those are example of resources that you can tap into good stuff thank you for that um 
how can people get in contact with you for those listeners out there that say, you know what, I would like to, you know, maybe have a conversation with, you know, Cheryl McMurchie and McMurchie Financial Services? Most definitely. One great place to find me is at my website. So it's simply McMurtryFinancialServices.com. And so you can easily find me there. You can email at info at McMurtryFinancialServices.com or give us a call, 414 414- Seven five one zero two three six. Good stuff. We're on all social media platforms as well: LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. So we're not hard to find. Just everywhere, everywhere. That Been McMur- around the world, and I, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think the toughest part is figuring out how to spell McMurtry. And how do you spell McMurtry exactly, correctly? Exactly, correctly. It is M C M U R T. R-Y. Mm-hmm. And so you, you look up McMurtry, we should pop up pretty quickly. Yeah, McMurtry has two R's in the last two name. Two R's. R's. There's an R before <laughs> that T and another R after that T. Tree. McMurtry. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So for the individual that may think that, okay, I'm just starting off. And I know you mentioned, you know, those professional services, accounting, uh, lawyer, attorney, you know, those. But those have kind of, you know, a fiscal note to them. You know, they might cost. I might not have made enough revenues just yet to be able to afford that expense. Number one, um, why are those two particularly pretty vital and for the individual that says well hey i just opened up a salon or i'm a personal trainer or i have you know small business consulting or coaching type of deal i can pretty much keep up with you know my invoices and my checks payable and account receivable and all that kind of stuff do i really need to have some elaborate you know system for that or do i wait till i become you know one of the big five accounting firms or big five consulting firms to then bring on that type of, you know, support? I believe it's necessary right out the gate. And there's different ways that you can engage the services of both a lawyer and an accountant. Both of those entities will support your business from a compliancy perspective and abiding by the laws. And so there are laws and there are regulatory agencies that as a business owner, you're responsible to report to and to abide by. What? Yes. (laughs) And so there's that. And then there's that. (laughs) That's part of the managing the business side of your organization. And so those entities will support. They know what you need to report to the regulatory agencies, and they also know the laws that you need to abide by. And so at the bare minimal, if you're doing your day-to-day bookkeeping task and managing the day-to-day activities of your organization, it's just meaningful to have them as a resource that you can tap into. Maybe once a quarter, you you know, have them on retainer or you pay for the services just to review, just to get the updates, just to make sure you haven't missed anything and you know what's coming down the pipe. Mm -hmm. So once 
these individuals are are engaged and you know you figure out a way to kind of mitigate the cost you know expense related to it and you find a way to be able to fit that in um usually when people bring on um additional support particularly other professionals either contracted services for a graphic design or, or whatever there is a tendency to say, okay, if I bring on a graphic designer to do all of my, you know, imagery and my, you know, graphics and stuff like that, I'm not doing that. I brought them on for that. I'm paying them for that. Or we have some sort of, you know, compensatory arrangement that they get what they need and I get what I need and I'm hands off. Do you recommend that individuals, let's say when they bring on an accountant that is doing their books, that the accountant is responsible for all the money stuff and the person, the business owner is hands off or should they also still have some skin in the game, check in, making sure everything is cool or should they leave that to this contracted service provider that they brought into the mix with their business enterprise? I would say that they should definitely stay actively involved at the very bare minimal. They should be connecting with that service provider. Let's discuss my financials. Give me a report of where I am from a financial health position, any recommendations, I would still recommend that that business owner signs all of their checks so they know <laughs> what money is coming in and out of their organization. Because in the end, as the business owner, you are ultimately responsible mm -hmm. for what that service provider is doing. And so those regulatory agencies are not going to come looking for your accountant. Even if you say, no, nah, I pay, I pay, make merger financial services. They was the one supposed to be doing that. Right. And you're the one supposed to be making sure they did. Uh, <laughs> it's your me. business. How you, you like know? them <laughs> And so, you know, they, they, that's a relationship between you and McMurtry Financial Services. My relationship, this regulatory agency would say, is between you, business owner, and us. Uh -huh. And so you need to stay connected so that you're able to know what is happening and be able to speak to it. So no matter how many uh, support staff, agencies, professional services, the business takes on, that business entity is still where the buck stops ultimately on the regulatory front. Exactly. Got yes. it. Got it. Now, when there was there was a um, different things associated with business and, you know, a little shameless plug. She's the accountant for Tim McMurtry International. And uh, uh, she's brought a couple of things to my attention that uh, I need to step my game up in. You know what I'm saying? So um, one of those things is when you have stuff like profit and loss statements income statements and i always hear this tells the story of your business what is the significance of the profit and loss statement the income statement and for businesses business owners no matter what your business is cutting hair doing that, whatever your business is uh machinery manufacturing you need to at least know what that stuff is about what is what are those documents and what story do they tell so that the business owner, as he or she is reading them, they can get the picture of the story that's also apparently embedded in that language as well? 
Yes. Well, the profit and loss statement and the income statement are one in the same statements, just okay. different names. Uh, so the three common um, financial statements that businesses use are the balance sheet, an income statement known as a P&L, a profit and loss statement, and a cash flow statement. And what they are giving you, the balance sheet is really showing you um, your balances, whether it's your assets, what you own, your liabilities, what you owe, and the difference between the two equals your actual net worth or net wealth. And so that sheet really allows you to see here is how much this business is worth. Then your profit and loss is giving you a snapshot based on the period of time that you have pulled this profit and loss statement, whether it's month, a month snapshot, a quarter snapshot, or a annual year-long snapshot of the profitability of your business. Did we make profits in this period of time? How much revenue came in, how many expenses we had, what are our profit margins, mm -hmm. which allow you to really see, am I charging enough for the service or goods that I provide? And so, and that rolls into your net worth uh -huh. because that net income, the difference between the revenue that you brought in and the expenses that you had flows into your balance sheet. So if I'm, well, well you know, I, I got my clients and I got this listing, I got all my clients and, and I even went and opened up a business bank account that's separate from my personal account and I don't even be commingling the money. That should be cool. Why do I need to know the profit and loss stuff and I got that business bank account? Because that's just cash on hand. It doesn't give you the full picture because you could have money in the bank. But if you're looking at that balance sheet and you owe more than what you have in the bank, mm -hmm. there's a problem. <laughs> you know, and the decision has to be made. OK, do I have any other assets that I could convert to cash so that I can still keep the business rolling? And so being able to understand those financial statements, what they're communicating to you mm -hmm. helps you to be able to make sound decisions. Do I need you know, do I have too much inventory? Do I have enough inventory? Do I need to move inventory? Mm -hmm. All of these types of things your financial statements will show you mm -hmm. and enable you to make better business decisions. Mm. One common question that small business owners, which I service, my market that I service are smaller businesses, um, small businesses, as well as nonprofit organizations. And what's your definition just for the listeners edification of small business? Is it number of employees, revenue or combination of both? Well, from the Small Business Administration, it is a combination of the number of employees that a business has, which can be from 
typically the standard is anywhere from zero employees to 1,500 employees. Oh, to be a small business. To be a small business. Wow. Coupled with annual revenues based on industry type. And so that can range anywhere from, you know, zero dollars to somewhere around 500 million dollars wow it's still considered so you can be a 250 million dollar revenue business with 812 employees and be considered a small business yep within your wow. industry yes wow yes okay. their business is making billions yeah, right. <laughs> you think about all it all things are relative know, it's relative <laughs> Got exactly it. and so for some of those smaller business owners <laughs> you know especially mom and pop shop type businesses mm -hmm. one of the biggest questions they have is how do i know if i can pay myself mm, great question and, 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 and you're working answer. hard you're not working hard just to work hard you're yeah. working hard to produce income to live because on. the joker left a job working hard to get their business to not have to be working hard not getting nothing to show for it. exactly mm -hmm. and that's where those financial statements are key uh, you can see whether you're making enough money what your what your profits really are and how then you can use those profits to actually create, you know, a paycheck for yourself. Oh. And so you need that to be able to make good decisions. That piece right there with the different business types and without getting into the weeds of the various business types, you, know, you got the LLC, sole proprietorship, C Corp, S Corp, etc. The thought is when I get my own business, I, that's, that's all my money. But you don't take account into taxes is one. And the other one is that paying yourself. Pay myself. This All this money is mine. So that all that this is paid to, to me, provided I, you know, take care of, you know, the lights or whatever you know, expenses that I have. Uh, what is the best way for a, a, a business owner to build in that, hey, this is my official pay cut of this this other bread can be for other stuff and i'm still able to live out this idealized dream that when i get a business and the revenues that come in that belongs to me <laughs> well it is important to structure your business with that in mind mm. and so there are several things you need to consider with the choice of business structure that you select. Um, and so, you know, you need to look at how, how much accessibility to the profits do I personally have, along with what are the tax implications of that. Mm -hmm. Because as a sole proprietor and a single member LLC, all of the profits you make, you're held responsible for paying the tax on that. Mm. And so, yeah. Ask me how I know. Yes. Anyway, go and ahead. And so, yes, <laughs> that is your money. <laughs> and then you're responsible to the IRS for Actually, paying Uncle the tax Sam on Uncle Sam says it. that's our money, yours <laughs> and mine. You just might not have known that Uncle Sam was a silent partner in your sole proprietorship <laughs> in the LLC. Yes, he is. Ask me how I know. Yes, he anyway. is. <laughs> and, and if you... You know, pay yourself, which is always a priority in those 
two business structures, the single member LLC and the sole proprietor, it's considered a draw and there's no tax benefit for paying yourself. Mm. You're still liable for all of the profits. Yeah. But you get to live off of the money That's you earn. Seats four exactly. and five. Four and five. <laughs> but then there is a tax election called an escort. Mm-hmm. So that's not a business structure. It's a tax election that LLCs can take advantage of and corporations. And now, you know, you can actually become an employee of your business with the tax mm-hmm. election. You become a W-2 employee of your business. So now you're Income tax and Social Security and Medicare tax and state taxes are withheld from your wages, just like your employees. Mm. But your wages now become a write off for your business, which reduces your tax liability that you're responsible for paying on the business income. So you have to look at all of the pieces to the puzzle. And that's where. Those service providers, your accountant and your lawyers, mm-hmm. both understand this impact and can help you understand what's going to be the best decision for your specific scenario. Yeah. So that's some of the stuff that goes beyond just the fact that, hey, I provide this service or I have this product and I'm in business. No, it's, it's more to it than that. And these professional service providers can help you see that as well as implement that into your business enterprise. And give you the greatest maximum benefit from Uh being in business for yourself, most definitely. One of the other things, I'm going to, you know, not keep you too much longer. i got a couple more questions for you um, with regards to the communication in small business. Right. Uh, one of the things that is most attractive that you hear about, you know, it's a lot of stuff on social media and, you know, Instagram. And some of it can really, you know, get you all hyped up. You see a little 30-second snippet of, hey, this is how you can get a million dollars in just three steps to a million. And, you know, do this and get the real estate and you can write stuff off. Is the is the, is the write off stuff? I can write <laughs> stuff off. I know you just talked about you know paying yourself. You, that can go against your taxable income. It reduces your taxable income, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Is there a uniform standard of what can be wrote off, or does that also fall into different kind of categories? And depending upon the category, that will determine what is write offable <laughs> and what ain't. How does the write-off thing happen for the small business, for the small business entrepreneur that says, hey, one of the things that is really attractive to me in going into business is the fact that I'll be able to write some stuff off. What is the quick and dirty on write-off stuff? Well, the writing off are expenses that's related to doing business. Mm -hmm. And so you're not running out and, you know, there's some misconceptions. And so your general business expenses, operating expenses are write offs. So if you have advertising costs, marketing costs, if you have to buy supplies to do business, those are write offs. You know, if you have office space that you're using, of course, that's a write off. Where things become kind of gray area are some of the um, added things that people throw in there without giving you the, the full 
complete (laughs) (laughs) explanation. Meals, travel, and lodging. Exactly. Uh, And I uh. like to start with cars because people are like, oh, you know, go buy a car, get it through your business, and you can write it off. Get a G Wagon. It costs, it weighs 6,000 tons, and you can do this. Right. And you've got this, you know, you go buy that $100,000 vehicle and now you've got a $100,000 write-off and you don't have to pay taxes. Well, that's an incomplete recommendation. <laughs> Welp. <laughs> Especially if you're using that G-Wagon, you know, personally. Mm-hmm. You're, you know, going to the grocery store to get groceries for your household and you're using it on the weekends and you're using it outside of business activity you can only write off the portion of that that you use exclusively for business exclusively for business y'all hear that Y'all hear that? Please listen to that uh-huh. because if you're ever so you go to the game, Joker. Th- that ain't business. That's not you going business. to watch the books. Yes. Anyway, and if you are not taking a client and you have not documented what client this is and that you could prove business purpose this with is. a contract that they are your client and Ooh. you went for business Ooh. that's going to be debatable whether you uh-huh. can write that off uh-huh. and so documentation 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 yeah. is critical wow. when you are taking advantage of some of those entertainment vehicle trips mm-hmm. if you're traveling for business and you go to florida yeah to orlando uh-huh. and you take your family Temple, with you miami yes it is the whole trip if you did not work every day of that trip and every member of your family did not work every day of that trip the entire trip is not a write-off oh wait hold on hold on hold on now hold on now hold on <laughs> hold on because i've heard in some of these little snippets on social media that some of the reasons why folks fly first class is that you can write that off so if you take a trip and you fly first class and you get the you know the thousand dollar little ticket and you go to the fat resort and you eating bonbons all at the pool with the umbrellas and the beverages and you walking around trying to bring the sexy back all on the beach and you go out to eat at the five star getting your little filet mignon with the lump crab meat on top of it and the oscar and all it is all of that can't be wrote off not if you didn't work that day no and if you take your family because you're like (laughs) i opened my laptop and i showed them hey (laughs) y'all this is my p and l statement then let's go (laughs) (laughs) not quite because they did not work (laughs) and so you 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 need to make sure Mm. now who saw you who you know Mm. so there is that degree of integrity and it is subjective to whoever will be auditing you whether they believe it's a legitimate business exactly got it so enter at your own risk okay kind of ordeal and if you are going to you know 
do some of the more quote unquote extravagant things, just make sure you have all your T's crossed and all your I's dotted. Most definitely. Got Most it. Most definitely. Got it. Understandable. Yep. One or two other questions for you. I know that you have a couple of different things. You know, they say that when you are in professional environments, even, you know, working for yourself, business owner, a continuing education, you know, is a must. And with the different areas that you touch on, nonprofits, you know, for profits, small businesses, faith based organizations, et cetera, do you have any sorts of uh, things that you might be in the midst of right now with regards to certifications and stuff like that to help you expand and grow your business to complement some of the core things that you have done thus far? Most definitely. Um, I'm pretty excited. I just started a couple of weeks ago, a 13-week certification program that has been put together um, in cooperation with the Nonprofit Management Fund here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and two or three of their experts, um, the last two that are certified currently in the state of Wisconsin to do organizational assessments mm -hmm. for nonprofit organizations coming in and doing a full assessment from your board to HR, financial, your pot processes, procedures, the whole nine yards. There's mm -hmm. only two left wow. that are certified in the state and they um, it took about three, four years to create a program in partnership with the nonprofit management pro, pro um, nonprofit management fund. Yeah. Tom Twister. Yes. <laughs> along with the university of Portland. Ah. And um, there's been 13 of us that have been selected to be a part of that certification program. And one of the service plans that my company offers is business consulting. Mm -hmm. And so in May, I will be one of 13 additional what? certified okay. organization assessment consultants in the state of Wisconsin. Yeah. So pretty excited to learn, yeah. to grow, to expand, to be able to help um, nonprofit organizations be their most effective and efficient nice. here within our state. So. so with this certification for nonprofit organizations, you know, regardless of size, I guess, yep. um, that want to do, you know, hey, we want to do kind of an, an audit of our thing, our organization, our company. Um, we need somebody to come help us go A to Z through this to, you know, see where there are some things that we can do better, some things we're doing pretty well. We want to continue to do that. You will become one of the folks that can be certified to, to give them that a to Z checkup and also offer recommendations on what they can do to, to maximize the, the, the organization. Most definitely. But there's a key word that you use that we have been in our training to be made clear. We're not auditors. Uh, we're just assessors. assessors. We're coming in and we're assessing where things are and making recommendations uh, to help you get from where you are to a better space. And why and is that distinction important? Because audit tends to be viewed as we're coming to review what you have done and to tell you whether you have done that well or not. We're finding your mess ups. Yes. Where an assessment is simply that we're just assessing where things are. No judgment, mm. just recommendations and suggestions to do what you're doing 
in a much oh. more effective hmm. way. As Bush the father said, the kinder, gentler approach. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely. <laughs> Most definitely. Understood. Well, hey, this has been a wonderful, wonderful you know, time, lots of insightful things. I'm going to kind of end here so that the listeners can kind of absorb all of that language of business that you shared uh, with us. Uh, can you one more time share how folks can get in contact with you? Most definitely. I am local here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, but we service clients in six different states across the United States. We are, um, just went international. I'll be doing what? some training. Yes, training in Mexico. Been around the world. Nah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all thought that was cap. That wasn't no cap. Yes, so um, it's we're open to clients all over the world now, uh-huh. um, and we can be reached uh, via our webpage uh-huh. at McMurtry M C M U R T R Y McMurtry Financial Services dot com. You can also email us at info at McMurtry Financial Services dot com. Give us a call four one four seven five one zero two three six or or you can find us on any of the social media platforms under McMurtryFinancialServices.com. Nice. Now, with that Mexico trip, with that, can that count as business with some that write-offs or something? most definitely Lord. business with write Guess who <laughs> might be going to? Right. Well, his portion Como will not be. Come on, Timoteo. His portion will Why not be a write-off, <laughs> Well, excellent. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. This has yes, been very, very insightful. You. you talk with such excellent diction and pronunciation, <laughs> and she's a teacher. And well, that's this nice. is the communication podcast. That's, come on you now, know? come so on, make it happen. We're effectively uh, communicating uh, here. Uh, that's, that, that's, that's all it is. That's all it is. So she's in line with the theme and spirit. Spirit of, of the, the show. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Don't make me preach. I, <laughs> don't make me preach. Alrighty then, folks. Thanks so much for joining us today. It was a pleasure to have you guys listen in to this. And I know that there was plenty of information, particularly for you business owners, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, side hustlers, full-time business folks. That really helped you. And those of you all who are looking to make the leap from your nine to five into business enterprise, I'm sure this information was very, very helpful for you as well. So take it and apply it. And as you make some profits, if you want to be a blessing to the Communication Guru podcast, let the Lord use you. Yes, Lord. So remember to like, share, and subscribe to the Communication Guru podcast, the Communication Guru podcast, the Communication Guru Podcast, wherever podcasts are found, or you can just do a Google, put in the Communication Guru Podcast. It'll take you right to the link. You can go in there. You can subscribe from there as well. Also be on the lookout for morning temperation vlogs. These are inspirational words and and, 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 and attaboys and attagirls that I send out to help you along the way. Because sometimes out of, of the midst of the course, I should say, of a day, you know, you could just be having a situation. You know, I'm jokers at work tripping, jokers on the job, vendors, whatever. You just need somebody to keep you from sleeping slapping somebody. 
that's where the morning temptation comes in, the right word at the right time. The Bible says that a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pictures of silver. And you can think back to a time when somebody has said something to you right at the right time. You say, you know what? Thank you for that. I needed that. That's what the morning temptations are. So look for them, Facebook, LinkedIn, and the gram. That would be Instagram. And finally, if you have a communication issue that you may need some assistance with and you want to do a free 15 to 30 minute consultation or discovery call, feel free to DM me at Tim McMurtry on Facebook or LinkedIn. Also at Mr. Timspiration on Instagram. Mr. Timspiration on Instagram with a brief description of what your issue is and we can see if we can hop on a call see if we can help you out and maybe enter into some sort of a contractual situation where we can move forward and help you get past that situation so there you have that thank you again for your listenership and your viewership until next time blessing and increase to you bye y'all